Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. Listen today as we show you how to love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. I was made to love. Hello, everyone. Cassandra Perkins here, your host on Behind the Mask. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening in today. Really appreciate it. Our goal and our mission on Behind the Mask is to truly bring on people who have inspirational stories and hopes to inspire you to live a a purpose-driven life. And each of my guests has such a unique and different story. And to get the opportunity to have the opportunity to be able to be on here every week and share their stories is so it's amazing for me. I got to say it's the biggest blessing ever to be able to share stories of hope and inspiration from others quickly before the show starts. I wanted to give a huge shout out to Markine and Mary Mackey. I mean, they're so incredible and uh, they're always supporting my show and and helping support me and and even just in my life as well. So I just wanted to give a huge shout out to them and, um, and, and thank them. They're so incredible and they're so amazing. So thank you guys for always supporting me and supporting my journey. I really appreciate it. We have an amazing guest today. He was on my show with the 17 Biblical Principles of Success, which was an awesome show. But it was so sad because we only had such a little time to talk to each person individually, which is why it's so great. And I hope to get everyone else that was on there back on here again for a whole hour show because each person has such a unique, different, special story that truly resonates with with them and and through that they're able to take their stories and really make a message out of it their life their journey and and hopes to teach other people this message that they have so I'm very excited to welcome my guest it's James L Capra Jimmy Capra and um let me tell you a little bit about who he is before we truly bring him on and, and talk to him and I mean he's so incredible just getting able to being able to talk to him I've known him for a little while now but being able to to talk to him and listen listen to his story even last time it was just for 15 minutes being able to hear his story he just has such a unique perspective on life and to be able to share his uh, you know his wisdom with us is is really an amazing opportunity so let me tell you a little bit about who he is he is a CEO and founder of the Frontline Leadership Group a leadership training and development firm located in Argyle Texas sorry if i said that wrong <laughs> he's the author of the leadership at the frontline Le- lessons about le- uh, lessons learned about loving leading legacy from a warrior and public servant published by lulu.com he is known by his friends and colleagues as jimmy he retired after 27 and a half years with the drug enforcement administration prior to his retirement he served as the chief of global operations responsible for 227 domestic offices and 86 foreign offices in 67 countries oh that's a title seriously throughout his tenure as a government executive mr Capra has been a highly sought after speaker throughout federal, state, and local government agencies on a national security issues as well as con- 
contemporary leadership and challenges and practices. Mr. Capra is recognized as an expert on leadership and organizational management and has spoken on a wide variety of leadership issues around the United States. And it is great with my great honor to welcome to my show, Jimmy Capra. Are you there? I am. I am. Good morning. And thank you again for, uh, for, for allowing me to come on your show and, and talk and, and uh, a little bit more to your listeners. Absolutely. I think this is whatever, you know, you talk about a lot. You talk about a wide variety of topics and you're speaking to a wide variety of audiences. But for I, I truly think that you and being who you are, being able to share your leadership opportunities and being able to share your knowledge of that and, and everything that you've gone through is such an amazing opportunity. And I know that my, my listeners are really going to benefit from this as well as myself. So thank you so much for coming on today once again to share your story and, and truly who you are with us and being so transparent. I appreciate that. Well, we're, well I'm honored to be a part of it. I really am. I'm, I'm kind of excited. <laughs> in the in the season we're in, and and uh, you know, Kathy, I, I tell people all the time it's because they ask, you know, the, my career a little over thirty five years. Uh, actually, been serving the country since I'm eighteen years old. Wow! And uh, and when when we talk about leadership, especially when I talk to groups, you know, it's such a it's one of the most googled uh, uh, topics um, on the internet. If you, if you if you just punch in leadership, you'll get like immediately you'll get one hundred and fifty million hits and. And then lots of people out there doing some great stuff. There's a, there's there's a lot of fluff out there. But I but usually I tell audiences, especially if I'm going in to to talk about the, the you know what are the what are some of the most basic principles of leadership. I, I stand up and I tell them, listen, I'm really not going to teach you anything. And I don't say that to be humble, Harry. I just said <laughs> I'm going to share with you the things that I that I learned uh, uh, growing into a leadership position. And and a lot of what I believe and a lot of what I've learned. Uh, is interwoven in, in with my faith about the, the very temporariness of, of life. So those things become become important. So I can't shy away from those things. They become very, very part of, of who I am and, and why I believe what I believe about people. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to look at people and say, listen, it's, this is not a difficult road. Um, people make it a difficult road. We, we allow things in life to get in our way uh, mm-hmm. that, that inhibits us as being good leaders. And by the way, not just leaders at work. You know, when we when we talk about leadership, people think, well, leadership is kind of the that's the title for people in organizations and stuff. And we're, each one of us, again, are called to be leaders in our own right. right. And I tell people the front line. When I talk about the front line where things happen, the front line is is where the mission gets done. But the front line can be at home, can be at church can be at your place of business, can be at the place you volunteer for. And and so it's getting people to think a little bit differently about what, what really is this leadership thing all about. Right. And I, I really think that you really hit it on the head. I mean, really, everyone wants to be a leader in our life. And I, I know personally, I, I want to be a leader. I know business wise, I want to be a leader. And I, I want to be able to, uh, you know, be a leader for myself as well. And I, I think that you really hit it on the head, you know, talking even about the, the Google searches, how everyone wants to be a leader. Everyone truly does. But to be able to really narrow it down to how we can do that and not make it this huge, complicated thing, which people, you know, really think it is and really 
be able to narrow down what makes you a leader, what makes you an individual, and how can you take that and really uh, run with it and, and become a leader in business-wise and in, in personal life, so on and so forth. Now, I really want right. to get into, before we really dive into the leadership part of things, I really want to talk about, because you have this just amazing past and this amazing history that, I mean, that's just a show topic in itself is just talking about your past and, and everything that you've gone through. But I mean, here you are in, in this line of work that is so crazy and, and cool from an outsider perspective. I mean, what intrigued you to really get into the line of work with, you know, the Drug Enforcement Administration and, you know, Chief of Global Operations? Where did this, you know, passion come from that wanted to, you wanted to get involved with that line of work? Yeah, well, you know what? It's, it's funny because I had, um, when I was when I was growing up, I, I, I the when I was growing up, um, my uh, my my mom and, and dad both had very very uh, distinct expectations of their children, in terms of um, you will treat everybody with dignity and respect. Your faith is you're grounded in it. Your word as a man is important. Um, my dad wasn't a big education guy, so. I, I'm a I'm a guy who barely got out of high school. I, I I mean I still to this day and I joke about it. People don't. I mean I barely. I don't know how I got out of high school. I, I just I don't remember actually doing anything. We were good kids in terms of of you know with people and respect and stuff, but just terrible terrible students. But uh, I can go back. So when I got out of high school, like I tried college and I found myself in the navy about a year later, and and that kind of really started my my walk. Um, in public service, you know, my father was a was a New York City police officer, and who got hurt on the job very early, and and we moved out of uh, Queens, New York, to upstate, and so that had a little bit of an influence on um, on me growing up. We have uh, I have five other brothers and a sister, and most of us went into public service one way uh, or another. But I can look back in my in my life, um, and I wrote about it in my book, in my opening of the book. I, I talked about my journey. So when I look back, I, I can see I was always or drawn uh, to, to wanting to help others, to be drawn to that that whole public service life. Sort of realizing that it was there was more uh, than just me out there. And in fact, my, my dad, I remember, um, he used to say all the time, "You you have to find that thing. What's what are you being called to do?" And that's what he would say. What are you being called to do? What what's what's that part in your heart that you, that you want to pursue? And when you pursue that, he would say, "If you when, when you pursue that." You have to be the best at it. Now, the, the problem that we have when people hear you have to be the best is I'm not talking about um, morally superior. I'm not talking about arrogance. He, he, his idea of the best, and again, my dad, we think, had a 10th grade education. He used to say, people should look at you that work with you and say, I want him on my team. Um, organizations to say, we want to hire that, that guy. They, they should want to be connected to you because... Uh, you're a man of faith. Uh, you're a man of integrity. Uh, you're a man of character. But I, but I will tell you this: he never used those words. He, he never used. But that's what was relayed to us. And so, consequently, when wherever I, I served, whether it was in the military uh, or DEA, and and, I, and the reason you, you ask a good question is why is because when you're young, <laughs> when you're young, growing up, especially when you grow up with a tough pop and a and a, and a servant. I'm thinking I want to do something that's really crazy and dangerous because that, that, that's kind of dopey. But that's in my mind is what I wanted to do. And when I heard about the DEA, I go, "That's what I, you know, that's what I want to do." And and I was blessed to come on the job, and and uh, and it, it was a tremendous. I had I had so much fun. There were there were there are times when you look back that you never want to relive uh, because of certain things, 
lost some friends, but uh, overall, I, I, I absolutely loved working with these talented and incredible men and women who come from all walks of life and from all over the world. So, um, uh, and I was, I was blessed to, I was never content with, with just, you know, being kind of average kind of stuff. I always kind of pushed myself to the next level, but, I, but I'll tell you, let me go add, add just one more thing in there, Cassandra, because I want to, I want to be able to answer your questions. <laughs> I'm blessed because I married a, a, a woman I met her in my first day of college after I got out of the Navy, um, who, who dropped everything to help me pursue uh, my my goal, my dream in life, which was to become an agent. Wow. Um, my wife, my wife Shelley, I met the first day of school. We started dating two weeks later, and I asked her to marry me three months later, and that'll <laughs> be thirty-five years ago this September. Oh. And we have and we have six great kids, and uh, I really do three boys and three uh, girls, and and most of them are pursuing public service lives as as we t- as we talk, but. Had it not been for my wife's prayers, had it not been for her um, pushing me and saying, you know, encouraging me, I, I just have an amazing partner. And we were equally yoked. I tell people all the time, we were equally yoked in our faith and our belief and our belief about raising our family and a belief about how a husband and wife should should operate, how she, they should interact. And, and it was a journey. So um, it, it really, um, when I look back in it, I, I have to go, hey, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I, every, yeah. Most of my prayers today are, are just kind of thanking him uh, for things that I was able to do, thanking him for my family, thanking him for my, my wife and my marriage. So that has a lot to do with who I am. Wow. To have that support behind you is so great. And to be able to, uh, you know, recognize that is really, really what a blessing to have a, a family behind you to support you. But I think it was so, it's so intriguing to me that you wanted to get involved in a line of work like this because you wanted to help people. That's what you wanted to do with your life was to help people. And I really think that, uh, you know, aside from that now, even now with, you know, what you're doing with uh, just public speaking, with talking, with, uh, you know, speaking on these wide variety of topics. I think even that you're helping people and, and making a difference as well. So, I mean, being able to look back on your life and in your journey that you've been through, I mean, <laughs> incredible, just incredible. Yeah, there's this, I, 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 uh, I share with people all the time, the best way I could describe, there was this kind of intrinsic need inside of me to try to say, I need to make things right. I want to mm. be part, I want to be part of, of how to resolve that thing. I want to be, you know, we, we want to be able to address uh, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the problems that we have. Right. I, I want to be, when I was younger, when I was much younger, you think in terms of, this, I want to be the, I want to be the superhero guy. I want to be Captain America. <laughs> I want to be that guy. And, and that kind of, that kind of lights a fire in your belly to say, you know, you want to be able to defend people who can't defend themselves and, 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 and to step in between when you, when you step into this role as a public servant has nothing to do with power and influence over others and as right. what's being depicted, I think today, but it has everything to do with, I want to be the guy or the gal that stands between good, honest, hardworking people, right. and tyranny and evil on the other side and, and to raise a standard against that. Right. That's Absolutely. Where, that's where, that's where my heart was. And I, and I'll tell you, I have worked with men and women uh, who wear badges from all of from state, local, federal, the overwhelming majority of those men and women have almost a similar story. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to be a part of something that makes things better. Wow. And, and that's a hard, and that's a hard thing. You know, that's, that's a deep heart thing. Right. And, uh, um, so, 
Wow. I mean, <laughs> really, but to, to, for you to be surrounded by these people who have similar stories and who have like-minded, uh, you know, s- thoughts and, and, and stories. I mean, that's so incredible. That's so amazing for you to be able to sit back and really look at the leader in them as well. We do have to right. take a break, Jimmy, but when we return, you briefly touched on it just a little bit, but when we return, I want to get more into detail about really what a leader is in your point of view and how we can become that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Jimmy Capra. I'm Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And I'm Brian Warnicke, and I've been living with cystic fibrosis for 17 years. Brian, what is cystic fibrosis? Cystic fibrosis is a disease that attacks the digestive system and slowly shuts down the lungs. And it makes the mucus in your lungs more syrupy. So the mucus in everybody else's lungs is very watery, and you clear it by just breathing. The mucus in my lungs is like maple syrup, and I have to do respiratory treatments twice a day, every single day, along with 50 pills to control it. Brian, how are you bringing awareness to cystic fibrosis? So I've done a few charity bike rides. Um, I did one a couple years ago that was 1,065 miles over 43 days, 46 cities and eight mountain passes all around Colorado with my beloved dad with me. I'm also a very active advocate in the public speaking community for cystic fibrosis and the music video from One Republic, it's called I Lived, has been just amazing in raising awareness. For more information about cystic fibrosis or about myself, you can go to the Pink Lightning Facebook page or cff.org or pinklightning.org. I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. I'm Alex Sheen, founder of Because I Said I Would. Alex, why are promises so important to humanity? You know, a lot of people don't think about broken promises as a humanitarian issue, but it really is one. Think about the people who you might know who say things like, I'll quit smoking, I'll lose weight, I'm going to volunteer more, but then nothing. You know, nothing about this downward slide about our culture and keeping promises, nothing about that is going to change unless there's something to change it. And that is what we are. Because I said I would is a social movement and nonprofit organization dedicated to the betterment of humanity through promises made and kept. We cannot make the world better if we can't keep our promises to make it better. I encourage people to check out because I said I would dot com or Facebook dot com slash because I said I would to learn more about our nonprofit and humanitarian effort. 
Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Jimmy Graham, Director of Active Shooter Response Training Center. Between 2000 and 2013, an average of 11.4 active shooter incidents occurred annually. And according to the FBI, active shooter incidents are on the rise, and the majority of them occur in the workplace. Tell us a little bit about your background, Jimmy. I spent a little over 15 years in the U.S. Navy SEAL teams as an operating instructor, and then I also uh, worked for the federal government, training protective officers and deploying overseas. And now what are you doing to help educate and prepare others? At ASRTC, we're training individuals in the workplace to protect themselves and those in their care. I love your motto. Would you mind sharing with my listeners what it is? Not at all. We have a motto of faith, not fear, and perception, not paranoia. To learn more, contact us at asrtrainingcenter.com. Welcome back. We are joined with James L. Capra or Jimmy Capra, and we've been talking to him a little bit about his past. He has an incredible past. He just uh, he retired after 27 and a half years with the Drug Enforcement Administration. He served as the chief of global operations. I mean, he is just has this amazing background. And being able to pick out his mind, really, he said that the reason he wanted to do that from a very young age was to just help people, to you know, be part of the solution in, in life, and to, to reach out and, and be there for other people. And through that, I really think that he's become a leader and he has been able to define these leader qualities in himself. But a leader isn't about you know the recognition, about getting you know kudos to you. It's about helping other people and bringing other people up and, and supporting others. And, and with that, you become a leader for, for yourself and for other people as well. And someone uh, who, who people do look up to and want to, to be like and say, I want that, like, uh, like Jimmy said, I want that person to be on my team because that's someone who supports others who brings others up, who is there for other people. That the, That's what a leader is. And I really want Jimmy to be able to talk on that more because we did discuss that before the break briefly. But uh, Jimmy, are you there with us still? I am. I'm here. I, I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good. <laughs> yeah, so we talked about that a little bit uh, before the break. And once again, thanks so much for being on the show. But we did talk about that a little before the break. And I love your point of view on things. I really do. I really appreciate your point of view on things and, and agree on it very much. So for you, what does it mean when someone says, I want to be a leader or I am a leader? Or what does the definition of leader mean? I mean, what does it mean to be a leader? Well, I, I, I think we've got to start with uh, there, there's so much out there about, you know, are leaders born? Do they learn? Is this that? You know, the leadership is so uh, difficult. You'll hear people say it's so misunderstood. And I always look at people and say, no, it's not. It's not difficult. It's not. My, the, the question becomes is why? You know, when, when I first started talking to young men and women about who wanted to pursue a leadership position and a formal leadership position within our organization, we would, I would, I would, grab young men and women, or maybe not so young men, and I'd say to them, this is great, you should pursue that, but can I ask you something? Why? And you get these stares, it's always funny, you get, you get these looks from some of these guys like, well, what do you mean why? No, no, no I, I'd like to know why. I mean, is it, is it because you're going to make a couple extra dollars? Nothing wrong with that. Uh, is it because, you know, you're ready for the next challenge? That's a great, that's a, that's a, that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. That's what the, the intent has to be, or the, the really intent has to be is, hey, okay, I'm ready for the next position, but I want to I be part of the change. I want to p- be part of pulling people up. And so I start talking to people about, listen, you, one of the things, if you want to be a leader, it, you have, the very first thing you, you have to understand is it's not about you. Hmm. It's never about you. It's about the men and women that you're entrusted 
to serve. I understand it. It's about the men and women that you are entrusted to serve. And and I would tell people, listen, as a leader, you know, it's all about serving others. It's all about putting others first. You know, Philippians talks about consider others more important than yourselves. Well, let me tell you something. It's hard to deny yourself sometimes. And that's the problem I, I watched as as people, young men and women, not so young men and women, especially in, in government and the Beltway, as you move up, you, I, used to, I joked, I said, I, I, I watched so many people move into a leadership position, especially when I was an executive in the Beltway, and, and people hold positions, uh, you have to meet with uh, congressional leaders, you have to meet with uh, White House staff, you have to meet with other agency staff and presidential positions and people, all these other things. And sometimes you run into people who suddenly, because they have that position, I jokingly say, they suddenly think they're taller, uh, smarter, and better looking than everybody else. <laughs> because their ego gets in the way. Because yeah. they all of a sudden it's, well, I, I, I am somebody. Instead of going, hey, listen, I'm, I'm part of my, my heart is to serve. And here's the key. And tell people it's about relationships. And if you want to make a difference in people's lives, and you really seek and are seeking to become a leader, by the way, at, at your work or at home or anywhere else, you have to learn how to love and care people, care for people. And I always, that's amazing. So for a guy that spent his entire adult life as a warrior, both in the military and in government service, I usually get people leaning back a little bit and, and they go, well, what's this guy talking about this love thing? And I go, yeah, this, this conscious willingness to care about others is, is called love. And, and that doesn't mean everybody gets hugged. That doesn't mean we're going to put dandelions in our head, walk in a circle of chant. That has, yeah. has nothing to do with it. It means actively <laughs> actively, actively uh, pursuing the men and women that you served and developing, wanting to develop them, listen, both personally and professionally. And I can't tell you the number of times I've run into people, whether they're in business or in government services, I don't have time to worry about what guys do after work. I go, you don't have time not to. Right. What do you mean? What, so because what happens, if you, somebody's broke at home, they're going to be broke at work. Now, your job is not to fix them as a leader, but how, how can I be the example? How can we assist? How can we make things a little bit better for these people? So when did we get to this position in, in, in leadership in, in our country in a lot of different ways that says, listen, here, the bottom line is money. The bottom line for, for our agency it used to be used to hear from some some guys used to go say the bottom line was how many arrests we had and how many how many how much dope we got taken off the street and you know quite frankly those things are important in business right. when people say the bottom line is the market share and the bottom line is you know how how we're improving the bottom line is how much money can we make what's our profit all those things are are important but it's not the bottom line you see the bottom line are the men and women who get you to your goal. The bottom line are those men and women on the front line that that you pour into, right. that you help develop, that right. get you to that bottom line. Absolutely. That's, I mean, being able to pour you know, yourself and be able to really bring up other people and show interest. I mean, it's so crazy. I, I you know, I always hear, uh, you know, people like bosses and people who are, you know, in a higher position per se, where they're, you know, they care for people. They, they love their, their, their employees or they love the people b- below them. And it's, it's, they right. bring them up so they, they don't feel like that. And they remember things. They, they ask how their family's doing. They ask right. and, and, and when it's their birthday, they remember and they say happy birthday. I mean, it's just little things like that, that just, 
really bringing up other people is so incredible. Now you have two, uh, you know, amazing books, you, and we'll talk about that. But you have Leadership at the Front Line, which is all about leading, and you also have The Eagle and the Seagulls, which is a kids book about you know just bullying and how to bring yourself up as well. It's so amazing. And I want people to be able to find that. Get it on Amazon. Also go to his website, which is FrontlineLeadershipGroup.com, and you can check out my stuff and find out more about my guests and listen to other shows at CassandraPerkinsRadio.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And this is Mark Mara with Champion of Choices. Major depression affects more than 120 million people around the world. Suicide is now the second leading cause of death with students ages 10 through 24. Like my good friend Mark says, happiness is the key to success, and we all have that choice to make in life. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so reach out to those around you and be the voice. We become who we surround ourselves with. Your friends, they're like elevators. They're either going to take you up or they're going to take you down. Find out more information at thinkpods, that's P-O-Z dot org, thinkpods dot org. Hello, this is Cassandra Perkins, and I'm here with Phil R. Taylor, who is the host of the 17 Biblical Principles of Success. My friend, what does the program consist of? Well, Cassandra, we're so delighted to be able to bring this program. Have you ever met somebody who doesn't want to be successful? <laughs> we, we all want to be successful, right? Whether it be in our marriage or professions or jobs at school, whatever it is. Well, God's given us a blueprint, a specific formula for us to live a life that is full, meaningful, significant and successful. And so this program really breaks down 17 biblical principles that God has imparted to us through his word in order for us to live that life that is successful. And the Bible does talk about success. And so we've invited 51 contributors onto our program from various professions who share their personal stories and experiences in light of what the Bible and how the Bible has impacted them. And of course, filled in this program are anecdotes, insights from scripture that will inspire and uplift you to live that life of success as God has designed you. It's truly an amazing program and I want people to be able to get a hold of this. So what is the information? Where can we find more and purchase the 17 Biblical Principles of Success? It's really easy. All one has to do is go to 17biblicalprinciplesofsuccess.org and that's spelled out number 17 biblical principles of success.org Hello, this is Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And Scott Glazer, executive director for NAMI Colorado. 250,000 plus people suffer from mental illnesses right here in Colorado. These illnesses include depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive disorder, and others. If you think you may be suffering from these conditions, know that you are not alone. You can find resources and help at namicolorado.org and nami.org to find screening tools and ideas for how to work with a mental illness.
Welcome back, everyone. I am joined over the phone with Jimmy Capra. He is the CEO and founder of the Frontline Leadership Group. And if you want to find more about him as well as what he's doing and get his books as well, he has some incredible books, you can go to FrontlineLeadershipGroup.com. He's so incredible. He's so amazing. And to be able to spend this time picking at his brain a little bit has been so incredible. And I can't wait to dive into more about leadership. So, uh, Jimmy, are you still on the phone with us? I I'm still with you, Cass. I'm still here. Awesome. It's, again, once again, so much of an honor to have you on the show today and to be able to talk to you. And I really, it's really great for me, uh, it, you know, if you can understand, because I, I really get to, uh, not only am I hoping to inspire my listeners with stories of hope and inspiration, but also I get to be inspired with stories like yours. So I just think it's so amazing that you took the time out of your day to be on my show today. So once again, thanks so much. I appreciate it. So that's great. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, really, it really is. Like, it's an amazing opportunity for me. I couldn't be more blessed. So before the break, we were really talking about uh, leadership and how leadership is, uh, uh, you know, something where most, I mean, I feel like there's a stigma almost around leadership that it's supposed to be, you're, you're on top and you're the, you're the best. And it's not, it's not that. I mean, it's really, you can be the best, but because you are giving yourself to other people and you're caring about others and bringing them up and showing uh, loving compassion for them and their lives. That's what being a leader means. And I love that you say that, that really it's bringing other people up. And, uh, you know, truly we have a, a person in, in common interest in, in, you know, your line of work who we both know who, who you've worked with. And really, uh, you know, I've gotten to speak to him and he said that you really do live up to your word as, as a boss and as a, as a person in, in life and that you really do show and live through what you speak. And that's how you live your life is with this amazing ability behind you to be a leader and to care for other people and show compassion and it's not just something you're you're speaking out the side of your mouth it's how you're living your life so thank you for doing what you're doing and and you're living as an example of what you preach i mean it's it's it, you know it is easy for people in life to to say these things and then kind of turn the cheek and, and do the opposite it's really easy to do that so for you f to live your life like this and to truly believe in this and to preach it and to do that is so so inspiring to me so inspiring to me so thank you for doing what you're doing i mean it's really inspiring well, cassandra i'll tell you the the uh, for me and uh, thank you that, that i i mean i'm honored um about your comments but i but i will tell you you know we serve i serve a god you know, as, as a follower of Christ, we serve a God who expects uh, much from us in terms of, especially in leadership positions when we're caring and, and, and when we're trying to be the kind of example that we're called to be. And, you know, we talked last time we talked together, he expects me, so I'll, I'll put it personally, he expects me to be a man of integrity, nice. that, 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 that wholeness, you know, that that, that I'm going to be the same at work and that I'm going to be the same at home and that I'm going to be the whole person that he's, that he's, he wants me to be. So the, the, I've had a great example in having a heavenly father who, who's a, who, who, who you can glean the best leadership lessons uh, more than anybody else. Right. He's the best father. He's the best leader. Uh, um, and, and he's, you know he's he's blessed us, but it's still a journey. As human beings, we're fallible. We we make mistakes. We don't we don't waltz into this thing lightly. That's why when I wrote the book, I, I wrote it from a perspective. There's things that I've learned about the importance of loving people, the importance of leading people, 
And at the end of the day, or at the end of your career, anytime, is what have you left? And not in terms of, so not in terms of, oh my gosh, they did, you did such a great job, we're going to name a building after you, a conference room after you. No, what, what did you leave in the hearts and minds of the men and women that you were entrusted to serve? That's, that's what we're talking about. Did you make it, did you make it better? And here's the key. What kind of steward were you? Hmm. See, see, as a, I tell people, you know, as a, as a, as a leader, whether it's formal or informal, as a, you hold these things. A steward holds something temporarily for somebody else. Really, that's what that's what. It is. So in positions, I used to I used to laugh. I used to actually tell people all the time. People who I saw that they were walking around in their big egos and everything. And, and I got a chance to talk to them. I said, you know, you're you're only going to have this for a little while. Mm-hmm. And they'd look at you sometimes with this blank stare. That you you're holding this for somebody else. Your job is to as you hold it, as you steward it, to make it a little bit better. Not for you. You don't make it better for you. You're not the beneficiary. Hmm. The beneficiary are the men and women that you're responsible for. Absolutely. That's it. And and really, it's like it, it really leads into things like parenting. Not not at work. I'm talking about real. If you have children, you know, as parents, we only hold them for a little while. You know, what am I pouring into them? What am I? And I used to think the same thing to at work is, am I consciously pouring into men and women? And by the way, when I make a mistake. And I made plenty of them, whether it's at work. Some of the most powerful words you could look at somebody is walk up and say, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, made, I, I, I screwed up on that. I'm, I'm sorry. Right. But we get into these positions and these positions. Oh, I can't say that. I'm all weak. Oh, I'm not going to say that. No, you, what are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait, what are you, what are you, what are you kidding me at all? That you don't make mistakes. That's crazy. And that's the same thing. So we, we try to try my best. To be the the man that God has called me to be, even even as fallible as many mistakes, you know, our good friend Phil Taylor, I talk to pretty regularly, and mm-hmm. I tell Phil, I said, I'm the guy that's at the wall all the time saying, "Hey, Lord, it's me again. I messed that one up. <laughs> I messed that one up again." I said, "He must have a great sense of humor." There's Jimmy again, you know. So, so that's where my that's yeah, that's where my heart is when I talk. There's so. There's so much stuff. Just go to a bookstore, even though they're going away, or go online and Google leadership. And there's, it's, it's, you know, people talk about they have graphs and they have this, that, and they're all good stuff. It's all great. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, are you impacting the hearts and the minds of people you're entrusted to? So that's, that's where my, you know, so I was crazy enough to step out of that position. And then I told some people, I'm going to, I'm going to step out. I'm going to, I'm going to create my own company, and I'm going to go around talking to people who want to hear about it. And so wow. uh, that's what we're pursuing. That's, that's what my heart is. And now we're morphing into family issues. You know, being the father of six, we're, we're morphing into those things. Kind of there's a, there's a parallel there. Hmm. I mean, to be able to really speak about that and to be able to take your gift, I really believe that it's a gift from God, and to be able to take that and and incorporate it into your life is something that I I think we can all do and we just have to know what the steps are and how to do it and how to be able to recognize it and I I think that you have really found the 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 answer the solution the steps to be able to take this and apply this in your leadership in your life in your wherever you want to wherever you want to apply this in your business wherever you want to apply this in your life I think that we all can but for you I have a I have a really a, a deep question almost 
almost, and I think that you'll be able to answer this very well, but I want to know why you think that leadership, because you've talked about it in business and in, per, in personal life, but why do you feel that it's so important to society for us to have leaders, for us to have people who uh, you care for other people? Why is it so important for society? Yeah, I think now in the last several years, more than everything else, even given the political season that we're in, I think men and women uh, thirst for what good leadership is about. Yeah. They thirst for, for men and women who really care about the issues of, of our country. They care about the issues of your state, of your community. They care about the issues of our family. And I think uh, this this past 20 years, we've been bombarded with people who say things but never follow through. In other words, oh, people yeah. who lack integrity. And, and I mean that sincerely. Certainly, we have... You know, there's plenty of leaders that, that have that, but we're so barraged with the negative things. You know, one of the things that I talked about early on in my book is if, if I, I listen to um, politicians and, and leadership talking heads talk about how failed the, the, you know, the federal government is and how terrible their agencies are. But I can tell you from my own walk, and just from the perspective of being, a, you know, a, a special agent with DEA and an executive, with the EAs. I have never met a more talented, more dedicated group of men and women because their hearts were right. Now, now every organization has, I call it a chucklehead or two. It just, it just does. But from a perspective of wanting to serve, and and I, I took great, I, I would get annoyed when, when I would hear people constantly talk about how messed up the federal government agencies are. And then I would say, well, listen, when's, when's the last time you heard one of these Agencies that were designed for public service, in other words, a need for the public, uh, what, like like what like what happened to Lehman Brothers or AIG or all these other ones where people lied about positions, they lied about cooking the books, they lied about the people lost their life savings, and 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 people are going, is this what we have? We've entrusted men and women in these positions, and we've we we are hoping and praying that they're going to speak on our behalf, that they're going to care about us, hmm. but the actions are. You know, the ashes are people, if, if I was to paint a triangle for you, I would say people's belief, their hardwired belief forms what you value, right? Those are typically hidden. On the top of the triangle or the top of the iceberg is, is your actions. So, so people are tired of people who say they believe this, they value this, but their actions show otherwise. Mm. They lack integrity in that area. And, and that's why people say, is, is there, are there people out there who care about us? They care about my family. They care about you know, what I'm doing, they care about my organization, and, and people are gun-shy about that. And that's why when I talk about the hard things about leadership is if you're going to take it, you have to learn to love men and women. And by the way, Cassandra, just so we're sure, um, part of caring about people, part about loving people is to be able to look at somebody that you work with or who works for you, and, and he has to look at them and say, you're not cutting it. I mean, I, I love the organization. I love our people. But guess what? This is not about it's not about everybody gets a free ride and everybody gets a pat on the back. This is about right. accountability as well. Right. So that so that I'm accountable as a leader to them, and they're accountable to me. That means holding people accountable. Is, that doesn't. That means if you're not doing your job, guess what? You got to go. Right. You, you got to because there's a bigger thing at, at stake here. So it's not this plus thing. I tell people all the time. Becoming a leader, wanting to, wanting to rise to a level of a leader in whatever you do, um, you pay a price to be a good leader because sometimes people let you down. You pay a price to care about people. You pay a price to love people. You, you do. You, you absolutely do. Um, but it, it, at the 
end, it's all it's all worth it. At the, right. at the at the when you watch people's lives change because if you had a little bit to do with that, a little bit to do with it, and you want to know something, sometimes all you can do as a leader in some of those. I, I let me let me just go back a little bit. Is well, why is it so important? Jim, why, why is it so important to keep talking about loving people, caring about people, getting to know the men and women you work with every day? And I, and I got challenged by somebody who says, well, you ran an agency of 10,000. Did you know everybody? I went, no, absolutely not. But my staff, the men and women that I work with every day, the people that ha- had charge over other people, I pushed down the things that these things are important. I, w- I want to know about what's going on. You better be taking care of people. You better be loving those people. You better be watching out for them, men and women. You mm-hmm. better be developing, making them better. You know, and, and the cool thing is, is how great, I used to tell people, how great it is if you had a subordinate that rose to become your colleague, right, your peer, and then mm-hmm. he or she rose even higher, uh, uh, even higher, rose even higher to become your senior, you become your superior. Mm-hmm. If you have something to do with that, you should shout from the rooftops. Right. How cool that is. But we don't do that, right? <laughs> go, oh, hey, I, 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 know, I know Cassandra Perkins. She used to work for me. I mean, now she's my boss. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of going, man, keep going, make a difference. You know? Right. And, and, but but we're, not, we're not used to doing that. We're not used to throwing a rope to somebody and say, come on, man, you can do it. Make mm-hmm. a difference in your life. Make a difference in your organization. You know, knowing at the end of the time um, that you're going to make a difference in people's lives. And, and here's why it's important, and I know we're coming up on time. Here's why it's important. Because there's no book out there, Cassandra. There's not a book. There's not a pamphlet that tells you what to do. When somebody knocks on your door and says, hey, Jimmy, um, my, my husband just left me. Mm. Hey, 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 Jimmy, I just found out that my child was diagnosed with a terminal illness. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. Jimmy... I just found out that I'm sick. Or, hey, hey, Jimmy, I'm, I'm going bankrupt. You, okay, hang on. Let me go to page 32. That tells me how to do it. No, it doesn't. Mm. Do we have a relationship with people? Will you love and care about people? You Listen, you may not be able to fix that for them, but, but you can be part of their support group to say, I'm going to try to be with you every step of the way. Absolutely. And sometimes, Cassandra, sometimes it takes holding on to somebody and you just cry with them. Right. And I can tell you, I can tell you I've done that. Just cry with somebody. Wow. And, and just in that moment. Wow. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm sorry I get a little excited because I, <laughs> cause it's the kind of people we're called to be. Yeah. You know, I, as, I, as I look at my, my faith, well, it's kind of, I think it's kind of, it's how the Lord looks at us and says, man, come on. You know, come on, keep keep going. Make things right. Try to be the example that I've called you to be. Yeah. To be that example is really what you're doing. But I I think with you saying things like be there for other people, that we need to be there for other people. I think that's such a a vital thing that we're missing in today's society is trust, like just to be able to trust one another and know that we have somebody to fall back on because we don't always have amazing, perfect days. We have days where it's the worst day ever, or we think it's the worst day ever, or we're in the lowest that we've been. And to be able to lean back on somebody and, and, you know, regardless of who it is and say, I'm struggling uh, to have someone there for you is something that we're Mm -hmm. really, we're lacking in today's society. We're really lacking that. So to be able to have that and rely on that is so important. And something I always tell parents is because I talk a lot, uh, you know, Jimmy, about depression and, and sadness and and going through uh, you know mental illnesses. But really, 
people can't change that for somebody. Nobody, my, my mom could not bring me out of depression. Nobody could bring me out of depression. I had to do that by myself, but it was that support system around me that brought me up and brought, you know, made, have to make me the decision to bring myself up. And that's truly what, you know, what it is. Right. That's exactly right. That's a hundred percent. You got to be part of that. But, but, you know, like I said, a good leader wants to be involved to the best yeah. he or she can be to say, how can I help it? How can I be a part of it? Absolutely. Now, we were going to take a break, Jimmy, but we have just I, I just have so many things I want to cover still. So are you good if we keep going? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Are you kidding? Absolutely. So you have this incredible book, Leadership at the Frontline, which I got to read. And it's so incredible because not only are you talking about yourself a little bit and really talking about how you wanted to help other people, but also it really shows and describes exactly what we're talking about, how to be a leader, what a leader means, and leadership at the front line. And it's really what, you know, the title of your book, Lessons Learned About Loving, Leading, and Legacy from a Warrior and Public Servant. You tell stories about your life and you tell stories about uh, being a leader and what that means and how you've lived as an example of that and how other people can do that too. So it's really, it is a book to help inspire you and lift you up. And I really want people to be able to get that, but you also have a kid's book, which is so, Mm -hmm. uh, it's adorable. It's so adorable. And really uh, my, my whole family got to sit around and my sister who was 11 years old, read it to us. And it was so, it was so deep and so inspirational, but in a way that kids could understand. So it's called, the eagle and the seagulls and why did you feel that you wanted to write a kid's book well it's it's actually a story that i made up for my kids um years and years ago so to i'm i have been and always have been a a, a kind of a visual learner um and i tried to have you know shelly and i decided to have um we were blessed with six kids so training them up as a matter of fact it's funny because we are right now um, on the heels of, uh, we're about six chapters in in our the next book that we're writing. Hopefully, it'll come out before the holidays. Called mm-hmm. "Raising Courageous Children in a Cowardly Culture," wow. and so I wanted them to understand some basic things that they're called not to be followers. You're not just called to be a sheep, just to follow. And by the way, people will make fun of you, people because you think differently, because you believe differently, um, because you, you are called to be different, but you still need to, to, to love people. You, you need to understand and um, certain things like faith about what you're called to be. And I would tell my kids, you, you sacrifice now for the prize at the end. You know, mm. it's easy to give in to yourself. So I created this story um, that I would tell them about this eagle who lived high above on a cliff and these cliff creatures who, who really try to get the eagle to come down to their level and hang out with him. They were undisciplined. And the eagle would always say, listen, man, I'm preparing for this, a storm coming, and it's on a clear blue day. And, and the reality is, is that the undisciplined, um, the undisciplined cliff creatures look around and go, there's no storm coming. We don't need to prepare for a storm, but in fact, a storm you know, does come and, and creates havoc. And so p- part of that understanding for the kids is to understand their faith and discipline and character and, uh, um, and, and why that is so important. And it's about facing the storms in your life when they come. And that's why the subtitle is you know, a wisdom story for uh, children and adults, because the principles are the same. We all face storms in our lives, right. no matter where or when, but it's how you react to those signs. It's how you're mentally prepared to face that storm. You know, um, some people crawl up in a ball and, and hide. Others take a look at the storm, and they, like in this story, they use the storm to help them 
you know, propel themselves above it. So they know they're going to be bounced around a little bit. They know it's going to be tough, but it'll only be for a moment. It's only be for a season. And so that's what I attempted to do. And so we used this object lesson. And the kids, when I would ask me when I would come to school and talk to them about it, I'd wind up, even up to the high school years and the Fellowship of the Christian Athletes, I used to go and talk to the team members and the students. And I said, let me tell you a story about how, you know, an eagle and the seagulls. And you'd hold these kids captive about, say, listen, you are called to be something greater. You're called to a great destiny, a great purpose. You're not called just to be, you know, something, you know, minimal. You're, you're called to greatness. And the idea is, what, what, what does that greatness mean in your mind? You know, who, who you're called to be. And so, um, so we, that's how we, we use that. So what, what kind of storm are you facing? And for the kids, I would say, is the storm in your life, um, your relationship with your parents? Is the storm in your life uh, a pill? Is your mm. storm in your life uh, maybe a intimate relationship that you shouldn't be involved with? It, you know, what's the storm that you're facing in your life, and and how are you going to get how 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 are we going to get over that? Wow! You tell that God God has a plan for your life. Yeah. You're you're not you're not your destiny is not an early grave. Your your destiny is not a jail cell. You know, your destiny is for greatness. And the same things apply to adults, too. That's what's so cool is this story, being able to sit down with my family and say, wow, this is applying in my life. This applies to my sister's life. This applies in all of our lives because we all do go through struggles and and storms in our life. And to be able to soar above that and beyond that and recognize that we are created for greatness and we we, are endowed with the seeds of greatness. That's truly really what who we are as individuals and to recognize that and soar above that and push forward and keep going that's that message really resonated with me you know as as a children's book for adults i mean Mm -hmm. it's really incredible now you we only have a few minutes left so i really want to get into i mean you're a public speaker as well when you're traveling what are you talking about when you're public speaking well i'll tell you you know when we first when i first started this i have a very good friend who actually lives in the denver area uh his name is jeff sweet he's a partner of mine for years and years ago he was he was probably one of the only only guys out there uh, that I knew at the time who would encourage me. Actually, he, he actually he actually looked at and, and reviewed my first manuscript and stuff, and he believed in the same thing about we can we can change the way our people think if we start to talk to them about caring about each other. Mm. And so that's 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 how that started. Um, as a matter of fact, Jeff and I both would would from time to time when we were a little bit lower on the totem pole with DPA go to certain groups, our group supervisors, and talk to them about that. And he always encouraged me, you should keep going. And, and so now, I, whether I talk to, uh, uh, and it's not law enforcement specific, I talk to CEOs and I talk to law enforcement personnel and I talk to chiefs. I'm getting ready to do something in a few weeks, uh, civilian groups, um, banks. And I, and I talk about a couple of things. I talk about what it means to lead from the heart at the front line, number one. What does that mean to love and care about people? And then I talk about a whole series about trust. Is that how do you how do you recapture how do you resurrect trust in your organization again? Mm-hmm. And then from the family side of it, I talk about I talk to groups about what it's and it's just our walk. I don't tell people how to raise their kids. I do not. I don't do that at all. But I talk to them about my walk, about what it took for Shelly and I to raise, you know, six courageous uh, kids in a culture that in a culture that loves. Frivolity in a culture that loves moral relativism. How did we prepare our kids to step out into a fallen culture and a fallen world and succeed? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. succeed. So, um, 
So those are the those are the three areas that I that I talk most about. And although I say I'm a leadership development firm, most of most of what I do is speak to groups about those issues, and and get them to hopefully change their mind or maybe see things from a little bit of different perspective on on what their walk is. And I tell people, I hope I can share with you something that you can reconsider. You know how you lead people, and by the way, part of that is I talk to people about their work-life balance, how important that is. Their their legacy, not only at work but but at home. And I use my own walk, you know, the things that Your how journey. I got out of sync. Yeah, my own journey about working eighteen, twenty hours a day again and missing everything, um, missing everything that was going on at, at home until one night my you know my wife came up to me and we was able to say, hey, listen, I'm I'm worried about you, I'm worried about your health. The kids are worried about you, and, and you start to realize, wait a minute, man, I, I, this is all temporary. Yeah, I think it's you know, important that you share those stories, Jimmy, and that you're sharing those stories of, of being in the those low points and not being perfect because none of us are perfect. And there's this quote right. that I you know I love from Zig, and it says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them. And I really think that's, that's right. really what you represent. James L. Capra, Jimmy Capra, thanks so much for being on the show today. You have an amazing, amazing book. Go look it up on Amazon, guys. You can go to my website and get it as well, or you can go to frontlineleadershipgroup.com. Jimmy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I can't wait to see you online and see everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Go to frontlineleadershipgroup.com and get his books. Please go check it out. We have Jacob Salem calling in. Pray us out, my friend. All right, Father God, we just thank you so much for the call that you have put on everyone's life, those on the show, for Cass, for what she's doing, and for, of course, the listeners. Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless everyone, guide everyone, and help lead them to the right place, to the right people to to learn exactly what they need to learn to get through this broken world, Lord. We thank you so, so much, first and foremost, for your son, that you sent Jesus to, to live the life we couldn't, to pay the price that we couldn't, to be the sacrifice that we couldn't, and help us to seek him first in all that we do. It's in his name that I pray these things. Amen. Amen, Jacob Salem. I I completely agree 100% that God will lead us where we need to go in our life. And even in this uh, broken world, even in a place where it may seem hopeless, there is hope and you will soar. As you know, Jimmy Capper says, you will soar and you will go above and beyond that. And the storm through the storm will lift you up and you will find hope and inspiration. I want to thank you all so much for listening today. Be sure to go grab his books. You can go to my website, CassandraPerkinsRadio.com to find out more about me. Thank you all for listening. As always, thanks, Jorge, for running my show so amazing and my lovely family for always supporting me. Remember, love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. To reach Cassandra or to learn more about her ministry and work, visit CassandraPerkinsRadio.com or look her up on Facebook. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.